You are listening to The Three Intuitive Healers with Heather Nicholson, Angela Johnson, and Stephanie Gonzalez. Produced by The Three Intuitive Healers Show. Visit the3intuitivehealers.com for articles and podcast shows discussing our personal insights and sharing our experiences with you. It is our belief that every human is an intuitive and every human has the capacity to heal. We'll take you along with us on a journey of self-growth and healing so you too can open your mind, heart, and life to the healing magic within. Thank you for tuning in to the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. I'm your host, Heather Nicholson. Angela Johnson. I'm Stephanie Gonzalez. These last couple of days, and again, I really didn't, I don't put that much into Mercury retrograde because I don't want to invite it. You know what yeah. I mean? So but it's got, but, it's a convenient but, excuse but, when yeah, the shit but, hits the fan. <laughs> I, I, I've kind of noticed, um, I mean, I, I've been, been in places this last couple of days that it's required a lot, a lot of patience. And I've been fine with it. Luckily, I'm in that spot, but things have been moving so freaking slow like molasses on the external side. And it's allowed me to kind of watch other people and realize where I am in impatience and where I am in acceptance. So that's been kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you guys, it's like my time yeah. is like, I feel like I'm invisible sometimes because the time is so screwed up. Like, how am I still here? You know, like yeah. getting my nails done and I'm half a day what is going on? Right. <laughs> so I was wondering if you guys have had, you know, is that something that you like, it's weird. It's like going through a, a thick soup of energy. Like nothing is just flowing. But, it's stuck maybe, but I'm okay. I'm up. I'm more of an observer I'm in it, but I'm not affected by it. Maybe that's what you needed to see was yes. you need to do, be a, the observer, but yeah. for me and Mercury and retrograde is a time for us to do things differently. So it would make sense because for you to slow down and be observant is, is something for you to do differently. Mm, it's probably very true. Absolutely. Instead of usually from one thing to the next, mm-hmm. this is a place to be caught mm-hmm. in it and, and yeah, right. That's, that's good. You know, that's really good, Heather. Maybe we can explore. How about you, Angela, anything that you could relate to? Okay. Definitely. I'm not, very, I'm, you know, when I was first hearing about it and mm-hmm. I felt less in control of my life, I would be afraid mm-hmm. of it. Now it's always just um, a gentle reminder. You know, if I don't have anything that I'm trying to get off the ground or that I, everything feels confident and happy, then I don't mind the slowness. It's just part of the process. But if there's any little hiccup where I'm impatient about anything, oh, it flares that up. And it's just, it's a really good time to, to work on myself. You know what I mean? Um, Because it's usually around miscommunication. That's how it flares up. Yeah. Well, right. There's always that um, electronics, they always bring up. Um, I, I don't know that I've really heard what Heather just said, and that it's a it's a time to reflect on doing things differently. That's interesting because usually uh, Mercury retrograde is, is met with a lot of resistance, right? Because mm-hmm. people are they not getting old what ways. they're used to, mm-hmm. right? And so that would make sense that it would be akin to anything that is moving around and keeps hitting a wall. And it's like, no, not that way. Turn around, go back, turn. Yeah, what's well, that old adage? Everything that begins with RE, rewrite, revise, refine, revisit. So I, when, you know, to me, that's a form, that's a form of what Heather's saying is, you know, you revise or you revisit how you do things, you reform it, you know, redo it. So, um, so to me, that makes sense. 
It's yeah. also, um, you know, with with this, uh, what I've noticed, it was in time. It was, it was, what was yesterday, Thursday. It was Wednesday and Thursday. Um, <laughs> simple things were like took triple the amount of time they should have taken, and um, it was it was just shocking to me. Like, how could I just be getting a simple, you know, uh, nail fill and pedicure and I'm going on three hours being here. Um, and then I, I just got kind of like, oh, I have patience first of all, but I know that I don't want to do that anymore. I know that, you know, however they're running is just not, it's not in um, flow with what I'd like to get. But I saw so many people come in and it was because there were so many issues. A couple of women came in and, you know, they wanted things fixed. There was impatience. There was words. Uh, there was a lot of energy that I didn't, you know, want to engage in for sure. Um, so I just stood back and understood. I saw the workers. Everyone was doing the best they could. They were nonstop working and things were coming in and bombarding them. And, um, you know, if we bring our own manifestations, we are seeing that both groups were meeting where they needed to uh, obviously experience experience this conflict. And I just sat in the sidelines being affected, of course, because it was taking time, but not being affected. Like I, I at first I was judgmental, right? Because that's going to be my way, like thinking these women are just being way too harsh on these people that are working as much as they can. But then understanding that these people have got to see these women are paying their good money and spent their time and they have to come back. So they're not happy. Um, you know, just understanding both sides and it was, it was very interesting. And then, <laughs> this is just so ridiculous. I, I saw my parents yesterday, I had to make a phone call. I was in an abyss of, you know, being on the phone uh, with someone well over an hour. <laughs> At oh. times, I didn't even know if she was still there. And she kept saying, you know, she kept, hold on, let me just check this or that. And that was fine. I just stayed on the phone, dealt with it. But I went to pick up some food for um, my mom and dad. I was the only, I drove up to this place and I was the, there was, I was the only car. So I, I drove up and put in an order and went right to the window and I waited and I waited and it's like, my God, now we're in 15 minutes. So I turn off my car, you know, I'm the only car. And then I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, why am I still sitting here? And then a car came behind me. Now we're going, we're 18 minutes. So I get out of my car and I knock on the window because I thought, well, maybe they just left. Are they all maybe dead? It was a walkout, right? <laughs> yeah. Does something bad happen? You know, and I'm trying to think, is the universe, what should I do? And the guy behind me is like, this is ridiculous. It's taking too long. So I knock on the window and then someone comes and I said, is everything okay there? Um, you know, this is extreme amount of time to be waiting for a simple order. And she's like, oh, well, we only have one cook. So yeah, I'm like, all right. So then I had to sit and understand, okay, the, understand the plight that they're in, as we know, as most places have, we need help, right? You're seeing, so this is the reality. This is the reality of what happens when we don't have enough people doing, you know, what we what we, we need them to do in quotation marks. So basically, I got out uh, in a half hour, half hour for a couple. I know. And, and people might wonder, why did you wait? You know, I already paid. You know, I didn't want to get in line somewhere else. And I don't even know. I don't even know. But it was a learning experience because I didn't get mad. Um, but I really felt this is the first time I, I always try to be positive with this is what we're going through and life is evolving the way it should. But yesterday I sat there in my car and I said, I, I thought to myself, I think, I think something's really amiss with the world here. I mean, things are just like, we're here. I felt like we were like, um, like, a, like a, a cart, you know, they always show with the broken wheel that's moving along. I feel like we're really 
hobbling around um, in great distress and pain and not in a nice flow of, of things. Um, and uh, it was, it was sad, but it wasn't because I appreciate that I could see it. And I felt like, Oh, maybe my head's been in the sand, maybe because I just been, you know, thinking life's good and, you know, being positive, but the reality is, and I hate to, we, we don't like to use good and bad, but it's not easy for everyone. It's not easy every day. <clears throat> and I was, it really made me think about the people who are really just not coping with it well, because yeah. this is a tiny nothing, but it's a perspective of how all sides are having, um, you know, issues, right? Yeah, no, and I love, and I would rather have these understandings on tiny little things like a chip nail or a slow order. That's the beautiful thing. If you can approach your life from a really spiritual way and, and mind the less, you know, kind of not go, not sleepwalk through your experiences or just get through them. If you can really mind them for all these little nuggets, then it keeps you from having to learn the same lesson on a much, maybe perhaps more uh, painful, something that you're more invested in than you know, I could leave the order, not leave, you know, whatever. So I think that's great. I will tell you, I'm not having that experience, but I know what I can relate to what you're saying in the sense that suddenly life just gives you all these examples in the same vein. It's like, is this the whole world? Like, is this the whole world now? It, it, it's not. I can tell you things have been going smoothly for me, but it's been all miscommunication. So, you know, I could look around and be like, everybody's freaking nuts. And nobody can talk to each other anymore. <laughs> you know, like, like literally I, it's like that dress, that picture of the dress that was either blue, black, right, or right. white yeah, gold. And yeah, absolutely. I, that was the best lesson for me. I was in an office of four people. We were all staring at the same thing. Two saw one way, two saw the other. And we almost got angry with each other because we couldn't understand. It was like, you've got to be lying right now. You've got to be lying you've got to be lying. And it was such a brilliant moment, like aha moment of like, no, that's reality. We are looking at the same thing and we are interpreting it differently. And then our communication flows from there. So, um, so I've had times where it feels like the world is falling apart. We are post-apocalyptic and I'm going to have to go get water from a dirty well because society's breaking down. <laughs> you know, so I, and I wouldn't get all that from a slow order in a drive-through line. Um, but for me this time, it's uh, it's communication. I agree with what Heather was saying earlier. I'm curious if this is happening for you because it's life saying, hey, slow down. And also, hey, here's a moment to kind of tap into what other people are experiencing um, just as an FYI. And you took the memo. And I think that's really cool. I think we need to celebrate Stephanie that you didn't get mad. You actually took just a step back just to be a witness, a witness to all. Witness. What a good word. Yeah. Good word, Heather. Witness. You are a witness wow. to everything that is transpiring. You didn't get mad as you would have before. And then, you know, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate the, you were a witness. You didn't get, you didn't get mad. And you just, you held a space of like, okay, I noticed that these thoughts came through of judgment and whatnot, but you turned it back around and you're like, Hey, you know what? Look, we're all doing what we can right now with what's going on. And we're just, this is where we're at in the process. So 
and that's that's something to be said right then and there you know but to think the world's going to hell in a handbasket <laughs> that might be a big leap <laughs> or or, my, or i might be i well, mean it's just onto it. it's an <laughs> it's an egoic story that we we just tell ourselves maybe to make ourselves feel better or you know like it's just where Stort runs a gambit with the story and you're just like all right little storyteller is that actually true and you can check in and say hey is that really true mm, i don't know seems like it right now but maybe not who knows i'll leave it open so you don't you don't box yourself into that said energy and then um but yeah just for, for me Mercury in retrograde is a time for us to do things di- differently. And what came up when you were talking, Stephanie, was it, I think it helps to release karma because mm. karma is ca- karma kept on coming up the word, just karma, karma, karma. And I was like, okay, I'll, t- I'll talk about karma. <laughs> so, so I think for me, it's also karmic because karmic, I love Amujam's um, definition of it that she got from spirit. It's just a repetitive. It's something that you do repetitively without being conscious of it mm. until you are conscious of it. So, and it, to me, that really resonates and Mercury and retrograde comes around and it kind of pulls the, pulls the veils back and being like, Hey, you keep on doing this repetitively. How's it working for you? <laughs> and then you become more cognizant you're like I don't want to do this anymore you know who's to say the nail place isn't your vibe anymore you know that's another thing that came up I was like well what if you want something that has more of um, a calmer environment so it's more of a self-care instead of a cattle feeding you know what I mean Mm. that's exactly true Heather uh you know and that's exactly true um all the signs have been there for a while. It's an, it's an, a lady has just bought this place from the other lady I'd went to. And it's just, you know, when you're starting a business, it's chaotic. And the vibe, and I'm trying, well, what am I exactly? I was just, it's one, it's convenient. Two, mm-hmm. um, they treat me well because I'm, I was their very first customer when they when they uh, moved over, you know? Um, but it just never flows. It just never yeah. flows, but I'm trying to make it work. And, and that's the reality, like the reality of you saying, you know, what is it going to take either if this is okay with you to spend half a day, <laughs> then fine. But if it's not, then you've already, all the signs are there. It just doesn't work for you. Then go yeah. somewhere where it brings you that peace. How is that convenient that for you? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Perfectly. So that's why I liked when he said, uh, what does it work? Because, yeah, it wasn't working and hasn't been working. I've been telling myself, well, but it's every couple of weeks. But um, no, I, I don't want that at all. Um, I also love very much your word, the witness, because um, that is such a good word in life to be, you know, to be witness, because sometimes you, you know, it's necessary to partake. And sometimes, most of the time, it's not. We see a lot of things and, and sometimes we get ourselves involved when we shouldn't. And even if we don't get our ourselves, ourselves involved uh, verbally, like when these women came in and were um, <clears throat> exchanging, you know, heated uh, dialogue with each other, you know, that was not a place to insert myself, of course, physically or verbally, but my energy was already going into one side or the other. So that's Mm -hmm. an example of, you know, putting myself in there. So then when I pulled back and then became a witness again, that's the comfort place I want to be. 
and, and the same thing, right? It, being in line and the same thing being on the phone. So it was all about patience and time, but it really gave me compassion also to see why people just lose their temper so much, why they're fighting, because if you don't reflect and if you don't do the work on yourself, it's so easy to get sucked into the energy yeah. um, because it's to me, what I thought the whole word was about was expectation period, because the uh, nails, you know, situation was about what the women expected these uh, workers to do for them and the expectations the workers have on for themselves and for the way the customers need to behave. Of course, the, the phone call I had, I expected to get through at a decent time. I mean, they answered the phone fast, they didn't. And I don't even know that drive through. Yeah, expectations, because the way we used to go through things was, you know, you just, things moved easier, but they just don't now. Or like, I shouldn't even say that word easier anymore. Yeah. They don't move yeah. the way they used to, right? Because saying you. it's easier means it's wrong. Right. Exactly. I would yeah. even narrow it yeah. down more for you at this time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just different. Because yeah. you're making a blanket statement. Yes. Let me tell yes. you, when you make blanket statements, right. it can come back and bite you in the buns. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That becomes, <laughs> don't I know that? It becomes a focus or reality and, and I don't want that to be. So it's just, it is the way it's flowing now. Will it stay that way forever? I don't know, but that shouldn't be my concern. I will just adjust be my flow to be yeah. right. To and be have with intentions it. and then let them go. Exactly. Like it's okay to have intentions. You're not at the whim. You're not, you know, a, a feather in the air, but having an intention is different from this is how it has to be. It's like, no, nope, this is my intention. I hope I'm resonating around people who want the same intention. Um, I had, uh, I had a call speaking of being on a call for freaking ever. I, um, I am switching health insurance I'm, and I need my, you know, my HRT from routinely. Right. So I'm at the end of one refill. And so I'm officially with my insurance. They know I'm ending on July 1st and I'm starting the other one. And I get this like, Oh, there's a problem with the billing. Um, which they've had on file forever. They needed a new zip code. Okay, put that in. And then they're like, mm, we're still having problems with your getting your medication. Now, I, I, my hormones are such that I need this medication, right? It's like, it's like quality of life. And I've had historically had a hard time with my doctor. That's why actually why I'm going, leaving this insurance and going to a new one so I can go to a new doctor. So all these stories, right? They know I'm, I'm leaving their they're making it hard for me to get the Medicaid. You know, it's like all of this, right? And I'm on hold for 45 minutes. And then I'm like, okay. And I'm trying to cook dinner. I'm like, okay, we're not going to do this. One more day won't, won't matter. So I, then I get on the phone. I'm on hold. Then the next, the next morning, I'm on hold for 25 minutes. So there is so much time to set different intentions and create different realities <laughs> of, of how this is going to go. Um, and I will say at this point in my life, I'm pretty good um, at, even if I'm railing against humanity in my mind, the minute an operator comes on the phone, I'm like, very pleasant. Um, but I was scared and I had to identify with, you're scared. You had to fight with your doctor to get this medication and you're scared it's going to be taken away, but you will find a way. You will find a way. And I, and I just like, let's just have the best experience we can with this. Logically, I should be allowed to get medication. Um, 
And then the guy gets on the phone and it was some computer snafu, Mercury and retrograde. And <laughs> he was lovely. And I got confirmation today that it's coming. You know, So it was just like, I really had to take myself in hand and acknowledge that I had a lot of fear. Um, some of it, I mean, it's well-founded. I know what my body's like when I'm not on this and that's unacceptable. Um, but take it back, have an intention and then let it go and play in the moment, just play in the moment. So um, that was a very valuable lesson for me recently in terms of the waiting and things not going according to plan and, and spinning up consequences. A perfect example about when we resist, we empower what we're resisting, right? Yeah. So by you, you were, when you were feeding it, it was getting further and further away from you. <laughs> That's I thought the, the world was against me. And right. And then as yeah. soon as you relaxed into it, accepted, dropped the expectations and allowed again, people to help you, it yeah. came right to you. Um, that's such a perfect example of how physical and pain, when we tighten up and our body resists the pain, you're going to feel it more focus, right? Oh, and, yeah. And emotionally, when you you're, don't want to cry, you don't want to get mad, yet you're not, you're, you're fighting those things. It's just, it's just building up. Um, gosh, and it's such a hard thing to do, right? When you're, when you're in a place of, of fear, um, it's hard to let love in. It yeah. really is, but it works every time, right? It, 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 yeah. we, we think we would just like not even go to that place of fear because for the most part, it always works out when you sit back, release, yeah. relax and allow. And you know what, if it had, if it hadn't gone well, if he was like, yeah, there's some weird clause in your, you know, 89 page um, policy manual that you didn't notice that if you cancel, you don't get medication anymore. Um. I still would have the intention of getting it. And I would exactly. find another way if I had another to pay full way. price, if I had to have a friend get right. it for right. me, you know, there is a way, there are ways, I should say there are ways. So it was just that, yeah, that letting go of this doesn't mean, you know, I'm still not going to try to get it, but just let's not make the person on the phone personally responsible for what is happening to me. He, he's not. He's just a really sweet kid who has this job. And yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, something I always remember that you said, Stephanie, was um, from the four agreements was not taking it personally. And I just slapped <laughs> that all over my life. <laughs> you know, like my doctor fighting me on this um, HRT is not personal. She just doesn't believe in it. Okay. Um, Kaiser saying they can't get, you know, they're having a problem with my pain. It's not personal, really not personal. Cause nothing about Kaiser is personal. You know, it's just like, this is just what you're going through. This is your little story at this moment. Do your best. Don't hurt anyone. <laughs> so yeah, I, your voice is always in my head at moments like that. Well, and that one, that one is, it's so extreme. I agree with you. When the first time I read the book, I didn't like it because obviously I couldn't relate to it. I'm just like, what? Take things personal. What are you talking about? And um, don't assume. But you, of course, you have to assume. That's how you live through life. You have to. You have to make up these judgments. Do they know ideas, us? Right. <laughs> but when I, you know, read it again and start breaking down and was open to allowing myself to be seen, right, instead of masking up, then it was shocking. You know, it was just shocking, right? It's. It's. You can't believe it because. 
there's a statement that says uh, pretty much that, you know, a child believes um, they are to blame for a lot of things because they're the center of their universe. Uh-huh. See, right. But what, the child like sees Angela's themselves yeah, like, as the that. center of their universe. That. So everything is, is going through them for them. So it's their responsibility, their fault, their blame. Right. And so they, they always use the word child, but I don't think that's true. I think it's all the time, all of us, until we do the work, we yes. only see through our perception. How could we not think you're saying something or doing something that's going to affect me intentionally? But it is. It's our childlike. Right. But, but, the, but as we expand and we start realizing you have a perception, she has a perception. Let right. us, let yeah. us allow that. You're not trying to make me mad. Got you're it. just reacting. Yeah. Right. But a child doesn't see that. They're just, you know, but I don't even think they say a child, but most humans, I think, don't even see that no, because it's the dress. You have it's to go back again. in and right. You have to go back in and heal it and and be taught that there's another perspective, like many, like thousands, yeah. like right, like the dress, exactly. But if you don't ever get the chance to open yourself to that, it's a tough world, right? Because it looks like it's against you on many occasions. It's not though. Until you have that bubble burst, there's no way to know you're in a bubble. You know, I routinely work with someone who has um, anger management issues and um, it's always so enlightening dealing with him because he'll get caught up and he has good intentions. He's not doing this because he's being a jerk. He's trying to deliver for the client, but there's like shrapnel that goes out. Right. And we get hurt until someone calls to his attention. Are you aware that this person did the report for you, even though this is going on in their life? And it's like, cause it's all, it's all him and his life and, and the pressure he's under. And there's always that moment when he's, and then this whole like compassion comes over him. And he's a very extreme example of what I think I know I go through and it, we all go through is, is the moment you think, oh, wait, but what is, what is the jerk in the car next to me really going through? Did, you know, like he's obviously cutting me off because he's an evil person who was raised by wolves or, (laughs) or, or, um, you know, he, he could have just just found out he can't cancer. That's how exactly. I got nailed by a guy who just left the office. Oh, and yeah, apparently when I was talking to the insurance company, cause I couldn't get a hold of him, the brother finally contacted the insurance company he said, well, he just passed away. He just found out he had cancer when he hit me. <laughs> I was like, wow, of course you're going to think, oh my God, this guy's not watching what he's doing. He's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and you're endangered. You're yeah. physically like endangered. And then the universe has to go rob you of that anger. <laughs> I <I'm> saying no. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's really a fun experience sometimes to, when you go through that moment of like, this is the way it, okay, maybe not. And you actually feel, <laughs> you feel your brain and your heart shift. It's like, it's freaky. It's, it's, yeah. it's really cool. It's not something I always like to go through, but that moment where you really do feel your, oh, it shifts. It's, it's kind of cool. You know, but sometimes it's not easy also, right? Oh, so the example of if you realize when you get that other perspective, if you have shame or guilt come up where then you feel bad about 
what you think you did, you start playing the scenarios or what, how the person may have taken it and you didn't mean it or what it, you know, what it all just looks like. And so that's a lot of, that's a lot of times what happens, right? Things come up and then you've got a big mess of stuff to deal with. And I think that's why a lot of people just, I don't want to see, I don't want to see the garbage that's that's in here, the jewels, the treasures. Because they think they have to go and figure it out and analyze it instead of just recognizing it. But it doesn't feel good too. Even if you don't figure it out, it just, you know, no one wants to feel guilty or shame. So then you go back to that resisting again, like, oh, I don't want to feel this, right? I'm going to resist it. But if you know that guilt and shame is just an egoic or programming or whatever you wanted to, your soul's expression in that moment, you know what I mean? It's just, if you can give yourself a moment of grace. Uh, Yeah, I mean. Can you see that, that shame as you're getting close to, opening you're getting close to admitting that i hate to use right or wrong but maybe my perception on this was not the most accurate and there is for me when i'm about to admit to that and open up to that there is that shame which immediately you try to slam down with well they should have known and this was what you know (laughs) and you back up but if you if you feel that shame and you think oh okay i'm close okay maybe we won't do this today but let's let's pause here i recognize here Yeah. And we have these ideologies of trying to be so pure. Like who, who told you to be pure? It certainly wasn't spirit. Yeah. Certainly wasn't God or source. They aren't expecting you to be pure, pure, this, this pure divine spirit. You're you're not, but everybody else does. And because, you know, you think you're divine, you're just a divine spiritual being that you have to be pure. I'm going to tell you, no, yeah. No, you don't. Totally agree. Totally. I mean, that's the indoctrination of the church, right? That you could never live up to their standards ever. So they were like, what do you mean? No purity. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just, do you think if there was no such thing as right or wrong, we wouldn't have shame oh. or guilt, right? Because we get shamed when we do things wrong. We get shamed when mistakes are made. We get shamed when we don't do what everybody else does. No, you I mean, know, I feel shame when I've inadvertently hurt someone. And that, so that's so you're like de- a well, right you're de- or you're, wrong. Yes, I'm, it is. You're deeming that's wrong, right? You're saying. But if they're hurt. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to feel so it. So you feel that you feel shame. In I that. don't, yeah, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to bring that feeling on uh-huh. anyone. Um, it's going to happen. We, we hurt each other. Do you think guilt and shame are the same or separate? Do you think that? pretty much wrapped to each. Can you have guilt without shame and shame without guilt? I think they're the same in my brain. Yeah. yeah. Seems like it. And yeah. you know, I think it's just a choice of words, but it's going to get that feeling. Yeah. I feel like the, the way same, I use huh? them, it's semantics, the way I use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah, least the, the way core I, of it, the core belief of that would be what either disempowerment or lack. I'm not worthy. Unworthiness. Hmm not being uh, pure and divine, like uh, Heather said, certainly not being that if you're going to feel that. <laughs> I, I always remember that even Jesus threw down in the temple. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, like, don't tell me not to lose my temper. I know that guy you really liked did it once, at least once. <laughs> this, um, this book that I'm doing that group in uh, what's in the way is the way Mary O'Malley. There's a, um, a uh, couple sentences in there. And she just states, there is nothing that you've ever done in your life. You need to be shamed, ashamed of. There is no shame that you carry 
that uh, makes you unworthy. We are all humans, you know, we all are learning. And that's an interesting topic because for the most part, you could say, yes, I mean, probably a lot of shame and guilt is carried for stupid little things, right? And I'm not talking about hurting people, even if you hurt a person, and again, you, you didn't know, you know better now, hopefully, you're always hopefully learning a little bit more. So you, did, you knew the best you did at the time. And, but when it comes to something maybe physically harming someone, that's a tough one to say, that's don't hard. have shame, right? But, um, but, you know, she didn't go into that detail, but I don't know, is it sometimes necessary to keep that shame? You know, I mean, can everyone be absolved of it? What if nothing is ever wrong or right? So like, if you wanted to carry the shame, you can carry the shame, you know, it's just true. It's how, how do you find yourself as, as a soulful being in that experience? What's going to benefit you at that time. Right. So how do you learn from that? How do you find yourself within pain? Define yourself or find yourself. How do do you you find find the truth of who you are in the the truth, the purity Uh of you, the pure I am in that moment when you're in pain? Who am I when I'm in pain? Depends, you know? Do you think it depends for you guys physically or emotional pain? Will it make you a different person or is it the same? You know, back to what you were saying just a second ago, Mm -hmm. which I think still relates to what Heather was saying um, in terms of shame Mm -hmm. and finding yourself. If If I've truly repented of something and I know that I'm a different person now, then theoretically, I think it's totally fine not to have shame. Although I have, I, that's when I know I'm stuck on something is when I'm still ashamed for something that I would never do again, because I have changed and I've, to the best of my ability, made amends, you know, it's like really sucked the spiritual marrow out of the situation and grew from it. And I'll still punish myself. So that's, that kind of shame is not, is never a benefit. And I think I've found myself in the pain as Heather would say. Um, and then how do you, you know, then you know it, this isn't mine anymore. And that's when you don't have any emotional attachment to it that you can release it. Or cause I do that. Like, like when I talked to you, Angela, the other day, it's like, I noticed um, part of this Mercury in retrograde that came up was carelessness. And I just did not like the energy and, you know, I'm going to, it flashed in my head a while ago, I had asked source to remove an energy of something and I forget, and I felt the energy rush out of me. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to ask source for this because, because it flashed in my head and I got the prompting and I knew that carelessness was coming up around me. So I did. And it was the energy of it, whether it was just removed from me and that level and layer that I was at was removed, or if it was like in its entirety from first separation, who knows, we'll figure it out. If it swings back around then I know it's just that level and layer that was cleared out, but I felt it release and I felt it go. Hmm. So I think, you know, for our listeners, maybe, you know, if you have you, there is no emotional attachment to something ask, it doesn't hurt to ask, you know, just that portion of it could be removed or the whole thing can be removed. Grace can smile on you and say, poof, be gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then going, well, what has worked for me is going in to visit those areas with the heart instead of the mind, yeah. right? So the mind is the judgment and the heart's compassion. And many times, I, I don't know if it ever goes, I mean, some stuff goes away, I think for good, but many times, at least at that point, it's just comfort and healing to let it settle down. 
and maybe it'll come up again in the future looking a different way, but it certainly doesn't have the hold on me like it did in the past. When my heart, my, when my mind just gets away from the picture, yeah. my heart really holds it. It's like you, you know, can I'll, breathe through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you then, know, you know, I'm not resisting. Amujam just recently did a retreat and I was part of that retreat. And she talked about how your thoughts and feelings are like a fish in the water. Just let them swim around. Don't go fishing for it. Don't pull it out of the water and cook it. Just let them swim around. So if you see your thoughts and emotions as that comes up and you, you recognize it, just let it swim. You don't need to, you don't need to fry it. (laughs) And I love that. And I was like, that's perfect. So I could just see this, this, uh, swimming school of fish as all these emotions and thoughts and just I can watch them swim around and I can kind of curtail it to that and I thought that was pretty awesome I love that um one that I heard recently was you know when you're doing the meditation and you're supposed to be in observation you're not supposed to stop yourself from thinking just observe it and they say the life cycle of the thought like you know let it go and die off and because usually once you realize oh wait I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking, or I'm daydreaming that kind of kills it off and you let it go. And yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. So in that, what you're saying is, so, so those thoughts, so when you create a thought, something in your mind, you get this, the life cycle, it's birth, and then you keep feeding it and feeding it and it's just growing and growing. But if you then just release it, I had this thought and I'm just letting it go. It will run its course and either fizzle out or stay yeah it held by what you're putting into it and don't get caught up in the emotion of it. You know, sometimes we just think, Oh, I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner. And that's easy to let go. But if you think of something that happened at the office or something that's happening in the news, it's really easy to start creating an emotional response and a life to it. And it's just like, no, you, the minute you observe it, you don't have to bring it to a resolution before, you know, it's just like, no, it's just a thought. It's not real. Let it go. Let it swim by. And with that, I think it's kind of, again, going back to Heather's words, we're, we're just being witnesses, witnesses yeah. in, our, in our own life and in the whole collective. I I'm going to be a witness and I hope you'll be a witness too. <laughs> Not a juror, but a witness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you know, when I, when I have moments of that, when I'm witnessing, I'll actually say I am witness and I'll just hold the space and say, I am witness mm-hmm. because- I think that brings in spirit, like to witness. Mm-hmm. I am witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're setting it. It's an intentional act. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. I like it. It just brings me calm. All right, listeners. That's all the time that we have today. We like to thank you for tuning in to the three intuitive healers podcast show. We hope you're able to find the healing magic within. Thank you for listening to us on the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. Remember, when we open ourselves to healing, we positively affect our environment. This podcast represents the opinion of the Three Intuitive Healers and their guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical or psychological advice and is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Each person is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. 
While we make every effort to ensure that the information we share is accurate, no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made in this podcast.